So what do you think? Sound like a nice place to go? A place where we'll never grow old? Oh, what a, what a happy and joyous thought. Isn't that great? And um, probably when we're a little bit younger, um, it's, it's easy to say, yeah, that will be good. It will be great someday. But we're pretty much, when we tend to be when we're young, we think of ourselves as Superman. You know, we think we're going to live for eternity anyhow. You know, we don't even think about death. It's not, it's so hard to just get that concept into our minds. But as we start to grow older and uh, we hit our 30s and we don't heal quite as fast, and then we hit our 40s, and boy, the, the aches seem to never go away, and I don't know what it's going to be like at the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, but some of you do, and I just, I'm very confident that the older we get and the worse that the aches and pains come, that thought of never growing old, as heaven beckons, it's just, oh, what a joy it will be. So isn't that a wonderful hope that we have? It is a glorious, it'll get us through this life. I can't imagine going through life without having that hope of something better beyond. But there is something better beyond heaven. The question comes, well, what will it be like? Is it actually going to be, as we just sang, look through that song and and consider every concept that's in there. Is it true? What does the Bible say? What will heaven be like? Um, today's lesson is entitled, Heaven, Would You Like a Sample? Um, we'll get to more on why that title is the way it is a little bit later. But we're going to consider heaven right now. We're going to consider it primarily just looking at Revelation chapter 21. And 22, um, in, in all of chapter 21 and into chapter 22 up to verse uh, number 5, we're considering the thoughts about heaven from there. And we're going to say, what will heaven be like? If you have the outline, you got your bulletin in front of you, there's just a long list of things. And it starts in chapter 21. We start thinking about some things pertaining to heaven. So we shall move there right now. What will heaven be like? I think this first thing that is mentioned, and I want to go ahead and read chapter 21, verses 1 through 3. And, um, and we'll hit this first point. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and shall be his be and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. So I'm going to go through the rest of these things. Here's the first point. God will dwell with us. God will dwell among us. God will live with us. We'll be with him. The glory of that thought is probably beyond our greatest uh, imagination or comprehension. It just 
is a beautiful thought. It does hearken us back to uh, <laughs> people that we read about in Scripture, and it harkens us back to the garden when God walked in the garden and spoke with men, then he spoke with others throughout the Old Testament. But that wonderful thought of having God with us, having God dwell with us, that's probably the, um, the, the primary piece of defining what heaven is. I think it's just being with God. Because God is everything good. God is everything beautiful and holy and perfect. He defines it. So wherever, wherever God is at, that's the place to be. And according to this verse, that's the place that we will be. What will heaven be like? It'll be us being in the presence of God. God being with us. What a neat and wonderful thought. We're going to continue on. I've, I've got a lot to go through, even more than what you see here. So I'm instead of reading every scripture, I'm going to highlight the things. Maybe some of you have already read through Revelation 21 and 20 through 22. Um, and uh, I'm just going to read the things that I highlight on the, the outline. Uh, and they're going to be here up here on the wall. You can read the verses as we go through. If you can keep up, that'll be fine. God will wipe away tears. God will wipe away all our tears. Isn't that a neat thought? Our tears. And, and I read that and I kind of think about the thought of him being there to comfort, being there to help us, taking away our tears. That's a beautiful thing. God will be there. Revelation 21.4. There'll be no death. 20, Revelation 21.4. And uh, that's what we just, if there's no death, then obviously we're not growing old and feeble. Um, just as the song we just sang about, never grow old. No death. This thought right there, it just, you know, how many times have men searched for the, the great elixir, the, the thing that would um, keep us alive for all our life, you know, and, and never keep us uh, forget however I just said that keep us alive for all our life to search immortality that's what so many men have searched for they want to live forever they don't want to see death and in heaven that's what there will be no death still in chapter 21 verse 4 no mourning no crying no pain now if this isn't enough to grab your attention I don't know what will don't you want to go to that place? We get so tired of the news, don't we? We get so tired of the things that happen to the people that we love. We get so tired of all the junk in the world. But in heaven, no mourning, no crying, no pain. Revelation 21.4. Verse 5. All things will be new. Jesus saying, behold, I'm making all things new. Everything new. That is a great thought because the world has gone downhill in so many ways. We think of ourselves as being more civilized and the world is improving. But really, everything's just the same and everything's broken because mankind's involved in it. But Jesus is going to come and make all things new. 
There we will be able to drink from the spring of the water of life. I love this passage, so I'm going to go, I'm going to read this one. Um, This is Jesus uh, speaking. He said, then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste, O haste, to its brink. Here we're going to be able in heaven to drink from the spring of the water of life, and it will be free. There's no cost. You have access to it. The water of life. I guess this is why we'll never grow old. We actually find the spring of the water of life. It is in heaven. Verse number seven, we have an inheritance. You know, this is a, this is a neat thing to think about. For people who have the, ever, ever had the opportunity to receive an inheritance, it's a great thing. Somebody thought highly enough of you to leave something for you. To, they prepared something and they wanted you to have it. An inheritance. An inheritance awaits us in heaven. And in heaven we avoid the second death. Now, this is another one of those pieces that I, I think about because the second death is a reference to hell, to suffering, to being taken away from God, being away from the presence of God. And we get to avoid that because we get to go into his presence. Verse 8 says, But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The second death. We get to avoid it. You know, and as, as Christians, we know we deserve it. As Christians, we gather around the table every Sunday and remember what Jesus did for us. He, he took our sins, he bore our sins on that cross. As the, we sang that song, mentioned it in the song before we took the Lord's Supper, and that is correct. He took our sins, he bore our sorrows. We deserve the punishment, we deserve the death, but he did it for us. So we get to avoid the second death. We deserve a second death, but Jesus took that punishment. So we get to avoid it, and now we get to go to to heaven. Another thing connected with heaven is that the church, the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ, is adorned with the glory of God. And I have here listed chapter 21, verses 9 through 21. And in chapter 9, it says, Then one of the seven angels who had had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. So I look at this, and and it tells me that the angel says, I'm going to show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. A reference to Jesus, clearly. And then he takes him up on a mountain, and he sees something. So he is seeing the wife, the bride of the Lamb. This is a description of the church, the bride of Christ. Um, if you need to study that more later, I'd encourage you to do it, but it's, it's a clear reference here. This is talking about believers, people who have been saved. 
who are going to be united with Christ in this wonderful way. So the church, and then it goes on to describe, um, I think what often I had always looked at is a a scene of heaven, but it's actually a, a scene of the bride, a description of the church. Talking about the foundations and the gates and the height and the width. It seems to be talking about the glory of the church. Verse number 11 says, um, referencing the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like, notice her. Of course, a lot of cities were called, given names with uh, perhaps a reference to as, as feminine. But her brilliance, I think, as a bride was a very costly stone and a stone of crystal jasper. It had a great high wall. So it goes on to continue to describe the glorious church, the church that had the glory of God. And that's all the way down through 21. You can look at that and think about it as you go through that. Um, Moving on, though, the glory of God is its light. Chapter 21, verse 23. I'll read 22 with it. I don't want to skip that one. I saw no temple in it, and the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And that's kind of a reference to what we already said with verse number 3. God will dwell among us. God will live with us. He doesn't stay in a temple. He just lives with us. So that's kind of a repeat, so I didn't repeat it. 23 then says, And the city has no need of the sun or the moon, To shine on it for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. So the glory of God is its light. The Lamb is its light or its lamp. That's going to be a constant light, isn't it? We'll see that for sure later on. The nations will come to it. Chapter 21, verses 24 through 26. The nations, all people, the the glory of the nations, is what the scripture says, will come to it. Nothing unclean shall come to it. Um, And that's uh, very clear in verse chapter 21, verse number 27. Nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing unclean there. Think about all we experience from day to day, all that we see in the news. Think about what happened last Sunday as somebody entered a church and tried to take the lives of the believers. Not going to be allowed in heaven. Nothing unclean shall come to it. What? You know, it's... Take away every care. Everything will be good. Everything perfect. Everything right. Everything will be as it should be because we're going to be in the presence of God. Nothing bad will be allowed there. Continuing into chapter 22, a river of the water of life flows through it there. A river with the water of life. Right down the middle. Right smack in the middle of it. What a glorious place heaven will be. It is, the, it is the epicenter of life. True life, the good life. Jesus promised that we'd have the full life. It'll be granted in a great and wonderful way, better than we can ever imagine in heaven. 
Revelation 22, verse number 22, we're going to find there also the tree of life. These two uh, items, the river of water of life that's flowing through it and the tree of life, these, these things kind of hearken us back to the creation as God originally made it in, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. The river flowing through it that's giving life to everything in the garden. There you have the tree of life. Man's able to go and partake of the tree, eat of the tree, until he sins, takes of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and get, again gets kicked out. The curse being upon them. And it seems like you get a picture here of God's making everything right again. Things aren't right in this world because of sin. But there will be a restoration, a fixing of everything. It will be made new. And I, I would contend it will be better than it ever was in the garden. Another item. Another one reminding us of Genesis. No longer any curse, verse number 3. Verse 3 says, There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and its Lamb will be in it, and His bondservants will serve Him. No longer any curse. Nothing keeping us from God. We'll be right there with Him. No more curse. Praise be to God. Next, in verse, the next, well, and actually we just read it in this uh, verse. Um, his slaves will serve him. His bond servants will serve him. And then in verse 4 it says, and they will see his face. To be able to see the face of God. That's going to be the good part, I think. We tend to think about all the other things. Oh, no pain, no tears. Because we can, we can identify with those things now. But if we could really, if we, we just really understood what it would mean to be in the presence of God and to be able to look at Him, to see His goodness and His glory and to have that radiating upon us to experience it. You know, I think of going to the Grand Canyon and just being in awe and being like, wow, I got, this is amazing. You could just stand there and look and look and look. That's a... Nothing compared to looking at God, seeing his glory and his beauty. And in the, I would contend in the state that we're in now, in this flesh, we couldn't do it. It's not possible we couldn't do it and survive. Moving on, chapter 22, verse number 5. And there will no longer be any night. And they will have no need of the light of a lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. No night. God's the light. He's not going to go out. You know, I think it's uh, we get tired and have to go sleep. Go to sleep and get our rest and sometimes take an afternoon nap because we get tired and get wore out. It seems as though that will not be necessary in heaven. We'll be the energizer buddy. We'll be going and going and going. And there'll be no night. There'll be no darkness. Darkness being even indicative of evil and, and uh, bringing out the, our great fears. No night there. And mentioned in that verse, verse 5, His slaves will reign forever 
and ever. So that, that the servants of God, the servants of Jesus being able to reign. You know, and you think of, and it does if, in that, the word that I use, slaves. You know, we don't think of slaves as reigning, but when we give our lives to God, and when we do things God's ways, when we follow Him through thick and thin, then we will get to reign forever and ever. So the slaves will be put in charge, and we get to reign forever. So those are the description that I look at and ask us to consider about heaven. And those are the things that if we think about, these are the things, these are the ideas and the concepts that can get us through life if we know that that's really for us. That God has promised it and held it out to us. And I, I believe that when Jesus said in, in um, uh, John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3, he was, he was holding out the promise, hey, don't be troubled, don't be not dismayed. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if I go, I will go and prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus wants to be with us, and he's going to prepare a place for us to be with him. And he's going to come, and he's going to take us to be at that place with him. And that place is with the Father, in the Father's house. And that is the thing that can get us through even the darkest of times, the most difficult of times. The most hopeless of times. It's just knowing that Jesus has made the promise and he's going to see it through. Health problems, you'll get through it. You know, you got, you got problems with people. People are attacking you. You know what? They can't take away your heavenly home. You'll survive. I'm not talking in this life, you'll survive for eternity. And that's the key. Fixing your eyes on the things above, not on things that are on the earth. And that sounds good, doesn't it? If I, you know, just looking at these verses quickly and talking about heaven, I, I hope it, and singing about heaven before we even had the, the passages of Scripture here. It, don't you, don't you wish you could just get a glimpse of it? Don't you wish, all right, if it's real, could I just get a taste of it? You know, I, I, you know if it's really there, let me get a, get a little bit of flavor for what it'll be. And I want to tell you today, and this is what I hope will go with you for a lot of the way, because I do want you to hold on to heaven, but even more than just holding on to some distant thing, um, you know, and think about heaven's a destination I'm going to go to someday, and that's all that God really wants for me is just to suffer through this life, and someday I'll get the reward. Now, I want you to realize that even in this life, we get a little bit of a taste of heaven. When, we go to, when you go to graders, for those of you who happen to like ice cream, you know, you go there, and um, one of the neat things is they have those little tiny spoons. And they, they're like, hey, we got a new flavor of the month. And, well, it really sounds good, but if I could get a taste of it, you know, then I'll know that I'll really like it. Um, and you go to Graders and other places, or maybe you're walking through the mall, and uh, some some guy at the Japanese stand says, here, try this meat, you know, and it's like, oh, that's good. Oh, well, I think I'll get some of that. Well, wouldn't you like a sample? 
You think about heaven, wouldn't you like a sample? Wouldn't that be great? And as Christians, we get a sample of heaven. As Christians, as believers who have been buried with Christ and are now found in him, we believe in him, we cling to him, we hold to him, we follow his ways, we do get a sample, a little taste of heaven, a taste of what's to come. It isn't just all reserved for us up there, and then we just got to, and I talked, uh, recently I talked about suffering through this life, right? It's one of the things I think that characterizes the Christian life is that we suffer. We give up our own life, we start living for Christ, and it is not an easy thing always. But here's some wonderful things about living that life. And we get a sample of heaven. 1 Corinthians, and it's, sorry about that, I shouldn't have, should have grabbed that a little more carefully. What did I just do? Here we go. And there again. As you follow through the list that's on your paper, um, each I've got a verse for each one of those items. So I'm just going to go down through these, and I want you to consider that these th- most of these things that we get to experience in heaven, there's a very direct correlation to what we already have in this life. Some of them I've had to, you know, they're a little bit more loosely connected. I'll perhaps draw those out, point them out when I get there. But this first one is very clear. God will dwell with us. Well, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, 6, 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Your body, and it's speaking to a very person. Very, very direct to individual Christians. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. God is in you. God dwells amongst us, doesn't he? And there's another passage, even in 1 Corinthians, in the church, that God, is, he dwells with us. We are his temple. He lives with us. Related to God will wipe away all tears. I used Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and I think we, we still in this life will go through, we're even called to mourn with those who mourn. But in a wonderful way, um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which pre- surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So maybe we'll cry some, maybe we'll have tears still, but we have the promise that even right now, God guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, if we'll, if we'll just trust in him. Related to the next one, no death. Well, everybody who's alive, unless Jesus comes back and you know before we die, all of us are going to have to die a physical death. But... We're reminded in regards to death. Jesus said to her, the woman at the well, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And he's hearkening to heaven. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? You know, so though physically we do have to die, we have a spirit within us. If we're in Christ, if we're in him who is the resurrection and life, our spirit will never die. No death for us. No death that matters. Related to the next one, no mourning, crying, or pain. Philippians 4.11. Not that I speak from what, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. 
In Jesus, we can do all things. In Jesus, no matter what circumstances come, we can be content. So, no mourning, no crying or pain. We get a taste of heaven even now because in Christ we can be content. Related to uh, the next one, all things will be new. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. We are raised up to a new life. You know, hey, it sounds great, everything in heaven will be new. Well, we get experience new life very in our in our our entire life, a dead life, the old man gone. Raised up to a new life that is in Jesus. That's good stuff. Don't just wait for heaven. Realize that we have a new life in Christ right now. Next one talked about drink from, we'll be able to drink from the water, um, from the spring of the water of life without cost, is what the passage said. In John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. It says, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But, he's, but this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now we have the opportunity. We are the ones who believe. We are the ones who were thirsty and came to Jesus. And he is the one who has let us drink. And in us, this Holy Spirit in us is this river. He is the flowing river of living water. We could experience it now. And it's promised even in a greater way in heaven. The next one um, is the inheritance. Ephesians 1, 10 through 11, um, in verse number 10, it, uh, I got a period at the end here with the New American Standard. It's probably some different translations here, but I'm going to pick up with, in the middle of a sentence. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth, in him. Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. And I think this is probably really kind of the heart of my lesson. Hey, we do have an inheritance that awaits us, but it's as if we have already received it now. We have obtained it now. Not everything, but some of the things and maybe just a taste of what is to come. That verse 11, also we have obtained an inheritance. Not we will obtain, we have it. It's ours. The things in heaven and so many things that, the, that heaven has to offer are things that we get that taste of, that sample of right now as Christians. If we'd only believe and understand and just grab hold of it. The next one is avoiding the second death. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 28, Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So, you know, he, he isn't taken away. 
There's no promise that we're not going to die physically. But there is the promise that you don't have to be afraid of dying physically. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Don't be afraid of death. Just live for God. The next one was relating to the church, the wife of Jesus, the bride, adorned with the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. Here is, uh, you know, that's why the church needs to be holy. That's why we need to stay away from sin, so that we, because we are betrothed to Christ. We are going to be married to Christ. We are the one who has promised to Christ. So live your lives right. Live as one who is betrothed to Jesus. Uh, the next one talked about all nations will come to it. Um, make sure, oh, I'm skipping. The glory of God is its light. God's the light in heaven. Then Jesus spoke again to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John eight twelve. Now, hey, it's a neat thing. It'll never get dark in, in heaven. Well, Spiritually, it'll never get dark here if you're walking in the light, the light of Jesus. And I got that verse again, that specific verse later. Uh, the nations will come to it. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's for all nations. Heaven's for all nations. Well, that's only going to be, all nations are only going to be represented in heaven if we go out and seek them now. And we believe that God in the Spirit is able to work to bring all nations to Jesus so that they might be in the state of being saved with all of the believers. Um, nothing unclean shall come to it. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone, um, I might have skipped or messed up my slides. Um, nothing unclean shall ever come to it was uh, 21:27. but in the next one, chapter 22, verse 1, it says, A river of the water of life flows. Um, and in verse uh, John chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. That's a, you know, we don't have to wait for heaven to see a river flowing uh, that is going to, to bring life. We can experience that in Christ right now through the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Um, the next one, 20, the tree of life, referenced in chapter 22 of Revelation. Well, in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you want to have life, you go to Jesus. Scripture, he never says, I am the tree of life. He had a lot of I am's, but he is the life. I am the life. You want to have life, come eat and partake of Christ Jesus. No longer any curse. Listen to this one, Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us. It's not that Christ will redeem us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, 
having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus became a curse so that we don't have to be cursed anymore. This is an important one. There's no, going to be no curse in heaven. Well, the reason it's not going, there's not going to be a curse in heaven is because those who are in heaven will have escaped the curse through Jesus Christ, even in this life. You know, don't, you know, so again, it's, hey, don't long for heaven because, hey, there's going to be no curse in heaven. Well, here in this life, we get to escape the curse. We don't get to escape from the, the, the results of the curse because the results of the curse, the nasty things are all around us, and that's why we have aches and pains. All kinds of things happen bad because of the curse. But in Christ Jesus, we can be freed from it, even right now. His slaves will serve him and see his face. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So do you hear that reference? You know, we're not looking at God face to face. It's not that good yet. But in this life, right now, we can behold the glory of the Lord through a mirror. We can see the reflection. It can, uh, some, you know, it's, sometimes it's referenced there as dimly. We see dimly as in a mirror. But we see. We do see. Someday, though, face to face. No night. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We can walk in the light. Walk in the light. We don't have to fear darkness now. We can walk in the light. Live for God. Don't fear him who can kill the body. And you can walk in the light. It's a good life. Takes away the fear of that dark. Walk in the light. And lastly, his slaves will reign forever and ever. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. It says, But God being rich in mercy because of his great love which he, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved, listen here, and raised us up with him, and seated us, past tense, this is what he did. He raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, where is Jesus Christ right now? He's at the throne, at the right hand of God. That's where he sits. That's where he reigns. He's at the right hand of the power of God. That's what he's doing Listen to what this verse says, and it says, And he raised us up with him, and seated us with him. Past tense. So there's some sense, some spiritual sense that, that in Christ we're already reigning with him, and we've, well, we're with him. I, I don't want to extend it too much, but it says we're seated with him in the heavenly places. Well, someday... We're going to get a reign with him completely and forever. The slaves reigning with God. So do you get the message? Because sometimes we, 
Heaven is all that can kind of pull us through and get us through this difficult life. But we can't just focus on, oh, someday, 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 because God wants to live in us and through us and do great things with us right now. And he has given us a great hope that we can have right now in so many ways. So I challenge you this week to live like a citizen of heaven. Live like you're already there. Live like you belong to it. Live like you're longing for it. Live like, hey, I'm here for the time and this is the great life I have in Christ. This is the full life that I live here in this life, even with its troubles. And someday it's going to just even get better. Exponentially better. But live now like a citizen of heaven. And for those who aren't in Christ yet, I, I hope this, this uh, whole message and thought, I hope it just screams to you, you know, oh, I want that. I want that so much. I want, I want that hope of heaven, but man, when you talk about the stuff that God does for us right now, the things that we have in Jesus, every blessing that have a, heaven has to offer to us, in this life is available in Christ. And I want that. I, I want to encourage you, if you're not a Christian, Revelation 22, verse 17, indicates that the Spirit and the Bride, <coughs> so this is God's Spirit, and it's the church. They invite you. They say, come. If you wish, you may take of the water of life without cost. It's free. Free to anybody who wishes to have it. Come, drink, believe in Jesus. Come receive that spirit that will live in you and give you a new life. Come. If there's anybody who wants to come today, if there's a Christian here who wants the prayers of the church, you want to live like really you're a citizen of heaven, I encourage you today. Won't you please come as we stand together and sing? I am resolved.